Internet, the press was to serve the governed, not the governors. My name is Matthew Kroll. And the news is the first draft of history. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the Oscar-nominated film, The Post. Is it Oscar-nominated now? What are the Oscar nominees? I'm so behind the There's times. There's a lot of them. Uh, get Out, I know that. Uh, Lady Bird? Lady Bird, I know that. Uh, the Post? The Post, I know that. <laughs> Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Three billboards. Three billboards. I'm just, kind of, I'm just nope, saying the Call re- Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah. uh, Darkest Hour. There's one other. Well, not the Cloverfield Paradox. We're not talking about any of those. We are talking about The Post. And Steven Spielberg's The Post. Steven Spielberg's The Post. Should it just be that? Steven Spielberg's The Post? Sure. We like make sure that every time we say it, I think it's, it's, not, it's a four word. But I don't want to unwrap this alone or just with you, Shahir. Why not? But Well, because <laughs> it's a little bit more complicated, I feel like, especially with some of my previous histories in film of this of this ilk. Oh, uh, I feel like the spotlight discussion is going to come it's back gonna and come bite up. our ass But ladies and gentlemen, we brought in some special help here to unravel us, you know, basically our thoughts in this post, the post world. With us today is comedian, photographer, and adjunct philosophy professor at the College of New Rochelle, friend and fellow vidiot, Mr. <laughs> Alzo Slade. What's up, man? How you doing? That boy Matt Crow read my LinkedIn profile. I did. You really I did. did. It's an impressive LinkedIn it's an profile. Impressive LinkedIn profile. That is a lot of different things. Comedian. Actually, philo- co- comedy's not on the LinkedIn profile. Oh, isn't it? He no. must just be stalking I, I was, on Twitter. I was doing. Yeah. I stalked all your social medias, and then uh, I just did a. Uh, you so, like consolidated bills? Yeah, yeah. 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 but yeah. that is an impressive array of of a pretty wide variety of things to do. So, uh, an adjunct professor in philosophy yeah uh comedian yeah and photographer yeah how do those things kind of mesh because they they feel like they're all like such different disciplines that you have to like be an expert in one and start the other it's not like you can like jump from one to the other they all deal with the human experience ah human human observation okay yeah philosophy is the love of wisdom As a comic, you're uh, a social commentator, yeah. right? And as a photographer, you speak to the world through your lens, telling them what you have to say. Okay. And where in, in in that spectrum, where do you think film kind of fits in the in, in, a, oh. in the you know commentator of the world? Oh yeah, film is film is 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 right up there, man. <laughs> because it's like it's 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 a space in which you can create stories yeah right or bring alive stories that people didn't know existed hence the posts yeah <laughs> you know what yeah. i'm saying well what yeah. about what about your history with film like what are you what 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 films do you gravitate towards what's like a oh, yeah, i mean even even just the film that you love that you you know love to talk about uh Is malcolm x oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was Shaw's, a big one for me shawshank redemption yeah forrest gump yeah Glory. You're all around the 1994 period. That's yeah. like, that was your jam. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to think what, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I never thought of it like that. That but was like the year I'm, like, I'm like, old ass. <laughs> <laughs> Dust off my VHS. Yep. My oh, laser man. disc. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Great analog format laser disc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. The post. I, well, I mean, if we're in the 1994 period, we're, we're talking peak Spielberg at that we, point as well. And yeah, we are true. in uh, the first Spielberg film that we have done on this show. Is it really? It really is. We didn't do. We definitely didn't do War Horse. We haven't done Bridge of Spies. We didn't do Bridge of Spies. We haven't done Lincoln. 
Haven't done the BFG. And then we weren't around for the rest of them. Well, yeah. I mean, we were around. We weren't in this room doing this thing. So how do you feel about Steven Spielberg? I'm a New Zealander who, you know, knows what Steven Spielberg means and and has a special connection to Steven Spielberg. But Mm -hmm. I wonder what it's like being, what what do Americans think about Steven Spielberg? Alza? I think Americans think the dude is an icon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when he, I mean, he's been in the game for like... (laughs) Forever. Thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. you know I, but and I'm, relevant in the game the whole time. Right. Absolutely. And he is yet to be brought up on sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah. So oh, know, he's at the top of his game right <laughs> now. <laughs> this is, but this is the, the Spielberg renaissance right now just because he hasn't been just accused exactly. by anyone. Exactly. Oh. Meryl Streep's not coming out and yeah. saying Spielberg. Yeah, everybody else falling off. Like, <laughs> I know. Quentin Tarantino the other day. No, he hasn't he isn't brought up on sexual harassment charges, but like the stories around Kill Bill now. Are kind oh, of, right. Charlize Theron just came out with uh, Uma Thurman. Uma, yeah. Yeah, it's, yep. Oh, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> White South Africans in a movie? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. uh, look, Sp- Spielberg, I, and I've even said it on the on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, that I, I feel as though his latest things have not really lived up to his pedigree for me specifically. Okay. Um, however, again, the word icon is incredibly, I mean, that's just correct. There's a reason why when I was coming up uh, through film school and then even through my, my entire life before that, like middle school, like everyone's like, oh, I want to be a director like Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Like yeah. he became, he became the mold you wanted to fill. Hmm. Um, at least, at least in my, in where I grew up okay. in yeah. America. I don't know how that was sort of in New Zealand. No, well, Steven Spielberg exemplifies for me, and I guess I guess maybe for, you know, for people in the film industry, yes, without a doubt, Steven Spielberg is an iconoclast. He is like he's a living legend. He is when you know, it's unfortunate to say it in this in this terms, but you know, at the time in which Steven Spielberg will pass will be uh, you know, it'll be a ripple through the film industry that will be felt by everybody. Right. And he he leaves behind a legacy that is untouchable. He, you know, he he ranks up there amongst Hitchcock, Kubrick, you know, all the greats. Um, and so, so it goes without saying, but there is something about Spielberg that I think, um, you know, the, he can occasionally be dismissed by critics, uh, and, and audience goes alike in, in that he can exemplify maybe sometimes simplistic filmmaking. You know, he is, he is a manipulator. Um, he, he's a, he's an amazing manipulator. Now, now I'm using that word carefully because I'm not saying he's manipulating for, for bad. I think he's actually a master manipulator and that's what good filmmaking is. But he, but, um, he, you know, the way I would phrase Spielberg, he is, he is to American cinema what Norman Rockwell was to American painting. He is an iconoclast. He is, he is what you identify American, uh, American cinema by. Yeah. He's the people's director. Yeah. He's the people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're yes. not, you're not like, you're not going to get the, like the real, like, film connoisseurs to put Spielberg in their top five directors. They should though. I mean, but, like, you well, know, depending, just depending. legacy. But what a legacy, yes, but if you're looking at like avant garde, yeah. you know. Right, right, right. I mean, there's there's an interesting uh I there's an interesting quote I remember I, I, I recently heard, and it was it, this was relayed a few ways, but Steven uh, Stanley Kubrick said about Steven Spielberg. He was talking about Schindler's List. And Schindler's List is one of the you know iconic right. uh, Spielberg films. But right. he said he said this thing which I thought was interesting and, and it I, I wanna bring it up because I think it'll come into our review of the post. Sure. But he said uh, Schindler's List is not about the Holocaust. 
The Schindler's List is about 500 people surviving and thriving. The Holocaust is about the failure of the of human of the human race. Okay, and and his quote, you know, it's kind of it's a very sort of prototypical Stanley Kubrick thing. And if you remember, Stanley Kubrick and Spielberg actually worked together later in in Kubrick's career. Yes, uh, around AI, and they they knew each other as well. Um, but it's that thing which is that Spielberg has known to find the triumph in tragedy and he's very good at tragedy but uh, you know a mm. filmmaker like Kubrick mm. is a person who drowns our soul in the tragedy of, mm -hmm. of you know mm -hmm. like Full Metal Jacket is not a film like Saving Private Ryan you know they, they do very right, different right, things right. and you could argue that one of the things that Spielberg can do uh, and and the worst of Spielberg tendencies is to is to glorify is the wrong word but turn Turn patriotism is also the wrong word, but but turn turn moments of real tragedy into saccharin, and I think that's a you know I see like, what you're saying. You know, it's 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 you know we're we're here to like I know uh, and, and and Spielberg is one of my personal icons, but I you know I want to interrogate his work critically. I get what you're saying, and now uh, this is how I'll sort of break this bit down. And uh, gentlemen, please tell me if you agree or disagree. Disagree. <laughs> well, this has been the, no. Uh, <laughs> um, so Spielberg, right? He, I, I think the 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 minor problems you've just described here mm -hmm. that you kind of have with I don't have with him, by the way. I I just think that these are interesting. You're thoughts bringing about up him. the thought the okay the problems that some nebulous other worldly yeah. person that is not necessarily in this room has with Steven Spielberg <laughs> is he he. And I like the word manipulation because it is true. Manipulation has a as a bad connotation, uh, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but I feel like a lot of a lot of great people have manipulated other people to do things that have helped people. Mm -hmm. um, because you know, a person is very smart. People on, on occasion are very stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, the Spielberg takes stories that are sometimes hard to digest and does sort of make them into almost. And this is going to be sacrilege to a point, but he does a similar thing that almost like half hour sitcoms kind of do with hardship. And that is you can fix any problem in a half hour, right? That's sort of the, right. that's sort of like, uh, that's an extreme thing. But like, you look at like anything, uh, full house, family, mm -hmm. matter, like, uh, whatever the, they had a issue. There's a thing. Sometimes it gets real heavy and then they fix it normally. In, in the half hour. Spielberg can take the heaviest stuff, make it the most digestible for the largest amount of people, and then basically uh, make it sort of almost at the end be about something hopeful, even though it's not, uh, it, it wouldn't normally fit into the backdrop that he's chosen to right. portray the thing in. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I appreciate that. Actually, yeah. Because yeah. I, I think uh, uh, sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes reality is hard enough yeah yeah and so when you go to see a film it's an escape and so if you can if you can give us a dose of reality and sprinkle it with some hope i'm for it yeah you know what i'm saying and even open up the conversations to the more serious topics that are often just right. the backdrops right. of his films right uh you know that that's something that I mean, again, for as much as I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's something they don't do. I mean, that's pure saccharine. That's pure escapism. That's, right, you know, when right. they mention very little things, but like you're never going to really learn a, learn an important lesson, lesson from history yeah. watching a Marvel movie. So like to, to have someone out there that can kind of, it's like when you're making a character in a video game and you have all your different stats, yeah. he like levels them out all to like even, yeah. Yeah. he's like yeah. a, a good like middle ground 
director. And, and you know, like it, it shouldn't be discounted again. The 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 length of time he has been making cinema right, and the length right. of time that he has been relevant in the game, it means that he is. Uh, that that is a that's a skill that you know some of the best directors working today do not have. Yes, you know, like you can see other filmmakers that make amazing films that won't be as relevant as he is today. Um, right. You know, Spielberg is Spielberg, and and you know, like. I mean, it's, I remember I like, I, I, I saw the BF, you know, I, I always go, what, whenever a Spielberg film is playing in a movie theater, I'm You'll like, go. well, it's also like, what a time to be alive, you know, like, <laughs> to, like to be able to go see his movies in a movie theater sure. right? still, you know, like this right. is, this is the guy who gave us ET, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Schindler's Yo, List, you know, his resume, you yeah. know, AI, Minority Report, you know, like this is, this is the guy, you know, I like, even, I, I need to, I don't even think I realize how much it's like when you go to a concert and you see an artist yeah, and you're like, Dang, I forgot they had all these hits. Yeah, this is this is this guy's hits. You know, like they go back a while, and he, you know, they are, they are amongst the greatest. Um, I mean, ET was a game changer. Oh, oh ET, you know, Jurassic Park uh, was the was did the one. Do, he did, did he, he did Jaws. Yeah, yeah, Jaws, Amistad, yeah. Saving Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> like, you know, like this guy, like, and then Hook. And, he did Hook. Yeah, I love Hook. <laughs> and in the middle of it, I'm good on Hook. <laughs> but, but you know what's I funny? I didn't even like Amistad that much. Well, Amistad. So this is the the interesting thing is also Spielberg is a guy who has made historical films all throughout his career, many yeah. historical films. Yeah. You know, Lincoln, Amistad, The Color Purple, Empire of the Sun, uh, Munich, uh, The Post, now as well. Um, so he's he's made a lot of you know interesting films that reflect upon uh, America and and I think you know there's something interesting in the way that I think he strives to to open up the conversation beyond what he would do in a Raiders of the Lost Ark or right. what he right. would do in, the, in Jurassic Park and I think f for me the one that's the most interesting <laughs> Nazis is, bad yeah. dinosaurs dangerous yeah but then you know the Holocaust is like Nazis have some humanity in them you know, like that's an interesting, he, he try, you know, he, he brings that out a little bit. Um, but Richard Spencer of the alt-right, please don't listen into that part of the conversation. Um, no. but, but, uh, the, the film that I think is really interesting from him is Munich. It's a film that like not a lot of people saw or celebrated, but it, it's a pretty amazing film. And it's the kind of film that you wouldn't expect from a Steven Spielberg because it, it actually goes to a pretty dark place by the end of it, uh, and stays in that dark place, which is something that he, you know, like we just said, is not not what normally what not normally what he does. Regardless, I kind of wanted to set up tee up Spielberg of before course. we got into 2017 Spielberg. Right, and even before we do that, Shahir, if, if Steven Spielberg was listening and he wanted to get in touch with us with what he thought of his <laughs> own review of his movie or whatnot, where could he find us? Steven, you can email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail .com, or if you're on Twitter at onlymoviepod, or you know maybe Steven uh, likes the fact that we're going to review his film, so he could uh, he could write us a review on iTunes if he wanted to. <laughs> I wonder what a Steven Spielberg review of Matt and Shahir's show, the only podcast about movies, would would sound like. Would uh, it be? Would it start off dark and then get a little hopeful towards the end? And go, like these guys so. are terrible. I would hope so. But we need them. No one needs <laughs> us. Uh, but let's talk. Let's let's. Uh, well, actually, ooh, I'm going to tell you exactly what IMDb says the post is. Okay. All right. Just to tee us, Hit up. us up. A cover-up that spanned four U.S. presidents pushed the country's first female newspaper publisher and a hard-driving editor to join an unprecedented battle between the press and the government. 
Dum, dum. Dun, 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 dun. Now, does that sound like 1970 or does that sound like 2018? You should have oh. read it in your trailer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in a world. In a world. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, I mean that's that's well, that's why Steven Spielberg basically fast tracked this. He took time off of uh, making Ready Player One. Yeah, and decided he's like, no, I need to make this first because it's timely. Yeah, and it, important. And the by the way, if you do get to read the story of how this script got fast tracked, basically the first draft from a, a, a young writer by the name of Liz Hanna, mm-hmm. who's never sold anything, never had a script made before, gets writes her first spec. Well, I don't know if it was her first spec script, but gets the script out. Amy Pascal buys it mm-hmm. and then calls Liz Hanna up, thirty-one year old writer by the way and says hey steven spielberg wants to make your movie (laughs) and is gonna make it right now (laughs) like he's got another movie coming out and he's gonna make yours immediately a friend of mine actually worked on this as well and she was like uh, she she was working on she was an art director on my shoot and she was like oh last week i did a steven spielberg movie and i didn't even you know i just knew that he was doing ready player one and it was like a steven spielberg movie about the washington post (laughs) is coming up she's like uh telling her landlord so yeah i'm gonna have that rent that back yeah yeah yeah. that back rent for you for the next five years yeah (laughs) um yeah i guess gentlemen first let's also let's start with you sort of first thoughts on the post um i thought it was a i thought it was a great movie i mean i'm a historical like fanatic like i'm a history buff Mm -hmm. you know so um and i've studied the the evolution of uh, American journalism. And so uh, I knew the backstory before mm-hmm. I watched the film. Right. Um, I did, I did kind of take issue with um, them focusing on the post only. Yeah. Right. As opposed to the New York times, because yeah. the New York times was actually, they lived the, us. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the paper that, that set it off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a, the, the editor in chief of, uh, of uh, the times, at that time, um, he had a decision to make, and he the same the same situation that you saw Meryl Streep's character in was the same situation he was in, and he had to figure out whether he was going to publish it or not. His his attorneys were saying no. His attorneys wouldn't even read the Pentagon Papers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so, uh, but I think I think it is timely. I think I could I can understand why they went with the post. Right. You know, like it's a. It's it's a woman, you know, mm-hmm. and she's she's in a position of power and influence, and um, and we, you know, the the world is finally waking up to the idea that women are amazing. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and so, um, I'm not mad at them for for doing that, but I think they could have given the New York Times a little more, a little more credit, a little more yeah. shine. Yeah, they 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 kind of they kind of they mentioned that they did it first, but they never they never focus yeah. on it at all. Which I guess. For me, I don't mind that as much only because I think with the added things sort of, again, Meryl Streep's character, uh, the the sort of other underlying things that just the, 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 they basically did that plus an underdog story with a small, with the second smaller paper to do it. Like, cause the post was definitely not the times as a local, a local, uh, local paper at the time. Right. Right. Um, I think that might have made it, at least for me, uh, while maybe not giving the correct pre- people the the proper shine that they deserve, uh, it, it makes it a little bit more of an interesting story. Or or something this film did very well that I really appreciated is whenever a historical, like something that like is literally documenting historical events is just showing us the story of when it develops characters enough and when it just sort of is engaging enough where I know the outcome. 
But yeah. inside, I'm feeling like this could go either way. Like th that yeah. weird, yeah, like yeah, emotional yeah. warble, yeah. even though yeah. logically yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is, uh, yeah. and, and this movie really did that for me. And I think I, you know, you could put that to the script or Steven Spielberg or the actors and actresses themselves. Um, but, uh, that having been said, what else? Oh, I did, I did, uh, I really did like, again, the timely sort of, um, feminist angle of the film there are one or two moments where uh actually no it's just one moment uh where it's it gets very spielberg uh and well i'll talk about when she's walking down the court steps right and everyone's oh, looking yeah, at yeah, her yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny a lot of people that i've talked to had had a problem with that scene that is like oh come on like we're like eye roll sort of moment and something that this film and a lot of spielberg movies do and the reason i think they can get away with it is those moments in a vacuum are very eye rolly like yeah. they're shot very again saccharine yeah but the way he and I, by that i mean spielberg sets up films sets up characters in them and the way stories unfold there's it's so the, the structure is so sound, like the foundation is built so well yeah. that when they throw on the extra 50 pounds that no one was thinking about of weight of a scene like that, I'm like, no, it works. Like, yeah. it's still, it's yeah, not going to, I was fine with it's it. It's not yeah. going to topple anything. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, when looking at it, I was like, this nine times out of 10 did not happen. In yeah, 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 yeah. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. Spielberg yeah. is Spielberg. There's yeah. no, there's nobody, you know, I think there's nobody who knows exactly where to put the camera like Spielberg. He knows exactly the way to put the camera in every, in every film. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If he's going to uh, show a box being opened, you put the camera in that box. Yeah. Is it, I, I mean, I, the, the first time I ever really noticed that was uh, the film war of the worlds. Did you guys oh, see yeah. that? Like that, that first sequence in war of the world, I was like, this guy knows exactly where to put the camera in every moment mm. to make it the most powerful moment it can be. It's, it's like, it's un, it, there's nobody else who can do what he does. That's it. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's it. I, I, I was kind of a little bit befuddled by this film in that I thought it was trying to do a lot of things. It was trying to tell the story about uh, this sort of this newspaper struggling against this, this, this imposed censorship by the government, which is a very relevant story. It's the reason why Spielberg wanted to make this film. It's the reason why this film comes out now uh, in the wake of the, the world we live in in this place. It's also a film that, that kind of um, lionizes Catherine Graham as like a feminist icon, a person who, mm. who took the reign, you know, a, a, the only woman who took the reins of a very male dominated um a male dominated industry and made a decision that, that would, you know, uh, change the face of the newspaper industry as we know it. Um, it also on the one hand is illustrating the power of, um, of people who are willing to come forward. Daniel Ellsberg, who presented the Pentagon papers to the public and the idea that the, that our governments do lie to us. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a very timely reminder that the, the, the last, you know, perhaps notable war prior, Prior to the Gulf War was Vietnam, which is you know a war that was built. You know the, what the what the Pentagon Papers really highlight is that that war was entirely built upon a lie, upon a lie. Right. Um, and I think the film is trying to basically, and at the same time, it's also like a tight newsroom drama. And he's any he, any he, and you know like um, unlike a film like Spotlight, which is a, which is a film I love. Um, he, you know, Spielberg amps up the histrionics here. He like really, he swings the camera around when people are making decisions. He like flies the camera through the newsroom as people are talking. You know, he's, he, he, he does that kind of big showy kind of camera and he does, he is, he is very, he knows where to put that camera. He knows, you know, like there are, he knows how to do it. He knows how to manipulate, but 
that to me, because the film was trying to pull in so many different directions, and in my opinion, doesn't doesn't quite pull off any one of them particularly well. Mm. Um, the histrionics that Spielberg kind of brings to the table kind of actually made it a little bit thinner for me. It made it feel a little bit, uh, in a way, and this is this is the wrong word to describe a Steven Spielberg <laughs> just, film. Just go for it. Go with what you feel. But it felt like a slightly insecure film. Like it felt uh. like it wasn't sure... It like it wasn't sure of the of where it wanted to land the story, so it just threw everything at it. And I, you know, again, Spielberg. If you want someone to do that job, Steven Spielberg's your guy, uh, and he's the guy who can do that. But I, you know, like the thing is, I don't walk away from this film. I, you know, in terms of the 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 Washington Post, yeah. I have the same question you do. I feel I, I I look at it and I go, well, this is a film. You know, the New York Times is really the spearhead of this. Yeah. This is this is this is not the Post story, mm-hmm. uh, and it shouldn't be championed as the Post story as it is here. Now, I, again, I'm not mad that they kind of do that, right. but it kind of you know, like as you're watching, you're going, huh? What about the the other paper that did this? The other side is the Pentagon Papers. I'm like, mm, the Pentagon Papers are really interesting. The Pentagon Papers, you know, contain a lot of information about the manipulation uh, by the government. And it's not just Nixon. It's every president. Yeah, it's right. presidents, right. yeah. yeah you know, before that. So, and it, but the film doesn't really like delve too deep into the Pentagon Papers. It delves into like the ethical question of should we publish the Pentagon Papers? And I like well, that. Yeah. And, I, I, and additionally, it doesn't, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying with respect to character development, right? We don't really like, McNamara is a strong He's character, a, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he's a strong character in this in this story, but we don't really get a chance to 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 get into his head as much as I would have liked. I mean, it's you yeah. Know, you you got, don't really get a sense of yeah. like what the because he commissioned that study, right? And he the commissioned study. the study because he came into it like I need to know how we got into this war, yeah. And then once he found out, he was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and he didn't, you know, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't tell anyone. You know, he kept it a secret. But and that was, you know, to his detriment. Um, and another thing is, I, I don't know how he could have done it, but this period in history is very critical with respect to. American journalism making the transition from an obedient press to an adversarial one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, all the president's men. This yeah. Is, you know, this is that period exactly. of the Watergate. Right. right exactly. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's world war two, you yeah. know, the press was all rah, 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 sis, boom, bah, yep. yeah. you know, let's, let's get these bonds. Let's yeah. support our guys yes. over there. You know what I'm saying? And, and they were lock, they were lock and step with the government. Yeah. And then between, between like, it started. It really started the civil rights movement. It's a, and also the yep. student yeah. movement. Yeah, you know, the, the yeah. student protest movement yeah, as well. Student protest movement, civil rights movement. But mm-hmm. then it, it started. It came to a head with the Pentagon Papers and Watergate, and that's yeah. when the press was like, "Nah, dog, y'all, yeah. y'all, y'all over here tripping. Like, yeah. We got to let the public know that y'all fucking up." Yeah. You know? And and with respect to that, this is the third thing. The I think the third foot on the stool of this film is is the Cat, uh, Catherine Graham story, the Kay, Kay Graham story, yep. which is Meryl Streep's character. And I think the film is doing this thing, and you, you guys even pointed it out, which is that it it lionizes her, you know, her ability to go into this into this uh, world and make a decision. But and, and you know, I you know, uh, uh, there, like I say, Spielberg is the guy to do that job, and that scenes where you know when she walks through um, the the Supreme Court steps, and there are women who kind of part the ways as she walks through. 
work. Mm-hmm. But at the but the other side of that the, the other side of that coin is Catherine Graham is also the benefactor of social segregation, which allows her to, to be the owner of the Washington Post, mm-hmm. a role that she doesn't want yes, and right. has never wanted. Right. Yes. And, and she is, is, you know, is the role that if you, if you look at what this film is basically saying is the post is the gatekeeper of information for the people it is the fourth estate. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying is, and, and, you know, look, Catherine Graham, she won, you know, a Pulitzer Prize for her novel. She is lionized as a feminist icon. She is a major important figure. I'm just talking about, about what this film is trying to do with yeah, that yeah, story. Yeah. And this film basically, in a way, hi, inadvertently or not, and I, it does address it in some way, highlight the fact that she is the recipient of over a hundred years of economic and social segregation, which allows her a person who didn't want this job to suddenly be in control of a multi-million dollar newspaper that is the gatekeeper for information uh, against the people with whom she hobnobs in the weekends. You know, Robert McNamara is a guest in her house. The, the Kennedys are guests in her house. So what do you mean she benefits from social seg- segregation? I, like, break- she's not a person that earns that job. She's a person that that gets that job now. Right now, now that's not to say people, you know, like the 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 classic hero's narrative is the person who didn't know they want, you know, didn't know they could do a thing and suddenly mm-hmm. steps into that mm-hmm. role, and and that's certainly one side of what this film is highlighting. You know, like she is a person who stepped into a role, and and she triumphs because of it. That's- but but they show Spielberg shows the struggle that she that she has with regard to her insecurity. Right. And, 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 yeah, I and thought her, that and her that indecision, you know right. what I'm saying? And, and what that reminds me of is uh, a film I also kind of didn't respond to because of this thing, but a, but a fairly triumphant film, in fact, a Best Picture nom- uh, winner, is The King's Speech. Did you guys see The King's Speech? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I, I want to see that. I yeah. haven't seen it. Well, it's, the King, it's very good. The King's Speech basically lionizes uh, Prince Edward or, I don't know, one of the... <laughs> one of the many princes. One of the royalties. And basically the film is a, is a buildup to him delivering a speech, right. which ultimately sends London into, uh, England into World War II. And, and, and it basically, it, it, it makes a triumph of a thing that actually caused a lot of people to die. Yes. And, mm. and, and... And I think, you know, there's something uh, that's certainly not the case with Catherine Graham's story, but it is the case that, that, that she didn't want the job, mm-hmm. gets the job and only gets the job because of who she is and who her family is. Well, it's the same, it's the same thing. I mean, it's literally, it's just, it's just an observation. No, I got that. But it's, 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 it's two parts. One, it's the hero's journey. Like you just said, <laughs> millions of stories, Luke Skywalker didn't want to be a, of Jedi until he did right. like it's 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 all that same thing yeah also I will say there's there's something interesting either with King's Speech or I was actually going to use the other film that just got released recently The Greatest Showman mm-hmm. uh, P.T. Barnum's story about the circus and all that stuff yeah. I haven't seen it yet yeah. I've heard mixed reviews but the thing is P.T. Barnum is notorious for not being a great dude right right but yet now we have a singing and dancing Hugh Jackman yeah. that uh, is sort of like candy coating and whatever so you have these historical figures yeah. that get um I'll call it sugar-coated or saccharized yeah. or you get manipulated yeah. into thinking a, a variety of things about their character. Yeah. What I like about the post, and I, I agree that like if you break down where she's coming from, yeah, there might be there or her character. I yeah, mean, yeah. there are societal problems inherent in, in how she got there and all that stuff. But especially, I think it's, it's important for the, the good a vast majority of people seeing this slightly saccharized version of the, of that role mm-hmm. is far better 
and, and more beneficial to society than having not seen it. And that's where I like, for instance, the P.T. Barnum thing. No. Right. I would even say King's Speech. Yeah. Not really, as far as if we're looking for societal value versus the the, the changes you make to make it, or the uh, the the things you leave out in a story right. to make it like fit into your structure, and I, make a, a character seem yeah. good. Sorry, go ahead. So so I really liked the fact that they they did that with her, and they chose to. This coding even goes back also to my point about why I like kind of liked the post as opposed to the the the, the times time. because it it. It takes a, a moment in history and, and an icon of a whole other thing that is very important. And yeah, it does. It 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 shaves a little bit of the edges that you sort of have brought up here. But I think the good that we as a society have about hearing her story on a mainstream scale in this day and age outweighs the the bits we sand it off. Okay. If that does that, am I? That's yeah. what you're saying. I, uh, and, I, and I don't want to I mean, mischaracterize, Ka you know, Catherine Graham's role. I just think that that what happens is the film feels a little thin. You know what I mean? I mean, I ain't shed no tears because she ain't want the job. She didn't want. She didn't. And she ended up inheriting a, a multi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, look again. That happens, and she did a. She did a. She she did step up, and she did make a decision. Yeah. that's a tough decision to make. And and she had. But her, it's a little. You know, to me, the problem is. And she had the Daniel Ellsberg. The guy, other, the guy we saw at the beginning? Yeah, he got no shine. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he yeah. actually made a real sacrifice. Yeah. He's not a power player in all of this. No. And he made the choice to publish secret documents that he felt ethically bound to do. Now, his story has been told. There's sure. a great documentary called The Most Dangerous Man in America. That's his title at yeah, the time. That's a documentary. Yeah. yeah. No you know, Spielberg film. Yeah. You, know what I, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm just like, it's it's that balance of like, oh, th th this is why when, you, when the film is anchoring around these kind of three different things it feels like it's like uh it's on it's on slightly loose footing for my for, mm. for what i think and it's a little bit it's a little bit thin it, it ain't enough meat on the bone yeah I, and i just <laughs> and i, I i'm gonna uh, pivot this into a question it's the question of what to ask as we started talking about this but i think those three legs that you make it feel like it's not you're using the stool analogy of yeah. the, the the stool is not able like it's not if it had four legs it'd be more stable i would say the, if it was if it was a chair instead of a stool, it might be more stable. Sure, but what I'm saying is, I, rather than the leg analogy, I'd rather use the sort of like, I guess, heavenly body analogy or gravitational analogy, where the three things are like are keeping each other in check and keeping me interested. Okay. Um, th uh, the film that I wanted to bring up before uh, is Spotlight. Also, did you see Spotlight? Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, it's another. Y'all gotta give me homework. I, yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch every film and... about every American film. journalism. Uh, Spotlight. Actually, uh, if you get around to watching it, wait. I, which one is Spotlight? That's the. It was um, two years ago. Uh, uh, yeah, it won Best Picture two years ago. Mark Ruffalo. It was about the, the Catholic Ruffalo, Church. Oh yeah, I saw that. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I saw that film. I didn't like that film. I don't care. I, no, no, I know, no, no. But <laughs> I love that. Movie. He loves it, I, and I didn't. No, like I feel it. like you said when I said I liked it. You said I didn't like it real strong. Bro. Yeah, like, like, like you know, like, you know yeah, like, like, like I'm wrong for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I, like, I like that film. He, You're like he, I did not like that film. <laughs> to be fair, Matt Spotlight has come up a lot on this podcast in, in like in many episodes. Yes. where it's I think it may be one of the biggest points of differential between Matt and I. Yeah. Uh, and and I also know you can even look on Rotten Tomatoes. Spotlight has a ninety seven. Like I am in the the minority of that particular. And it sounds thing. like you're proud of it. I, <laughs> I, a little bit. <laughs> I, and, and no, because this is the deal, and this is why I liked because the, there's been a lot of comparison between the Post and and Spotlight because and mainly because they're both 
stories uh, revolving around the difficult, well, I think Spotlight revolves around the difficulty of it more, but like true moments in journalism and why yeah. journalism is important. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the reason why the, the Post grabbed me more than Spotlight did is those two other aspects, both sort of high high concept characterization and and different things with them, such as uh, the, the feminist uh, movement and, the, and that sort of bit sort of tied into- Did you know the connection between Spotlight and this movie? No. Ben Bradley, played by Tom Hanks, is is um, Ben Bradley Jr.'s father from Spotlight. Spotlight, uh, the, the newspaper editor in Spotlight is Ben Bradley's son. Oh, wow. Son. Ooh, so now you like Spotlight. No, I don't like Spotlight. Well, Spotlight. Played by uh, Sabretooth, uh, Lee Schreiber. <laughs> Liam Schreiber. Yeah. Oh, I've trained you into <laughs> noticing Marvel characters now. Uh, maybe I've just trained myself to say things so I know you, you'll So you'll know I understand. Yeah. One of these is correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy gonna, with that. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah, this is this is what <laughs> this happens. Is, this is where I check out. <laughs> but the um, Spotlight was, um, <laughs> it was so... That that was a movie that felt to me like uh, it needed a Spielbergian touch to keep me mm -hmm. engaged with it because it, the the story behind what you're seeing in Spotlight was so strong and powerful, mm -hmm. but it didn't. And the moments of gravitas that Spotlight had, I didn't feel when I was experiencing it felt entirely earned due to the fact that they were leaning on that as opposed to engaging with it. Where I feel like the post engages with it because it has uh, intricate characters and other things to say, and I know that's not. Um, I don't know. I, I was trying because I, when I came out of this, everyone was like, oh, you're going to hate this. You hated Spotlight. And mm -hmm. I was like, I think they're different. I'm, I'm not saying, I mean, in my opinion, I think one's better. I obviously know that that's totally just me. It's, it's, I, I was just interested that everyone thought I would hate this because I hated Spotlight. Wait, you hated Spotlight? I really didn't like, I didn't it. like Spotlight There's, at all. Hate is strong. Hate bro. is a strong I word. I strongly, strongly dislike Spotlight. I think, I think. Um, you once said that you felt bad for me because I like Spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> I did on this I podcast. Did. I did. Uh, no, but especially once I see a film that uh, I, I'm whenever I'm confused uh, about why a film is universally loved and I don't get it, I get mouthy. Uh, it's, but I think I think the post actually helped me answer why why Spotlight, which again is critically acclaimed, is something that didn't connect with me because I noticed now what does connect with me when I'm seeing stories of this nature. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I was just curious. I'm, I, if, if, I well, don't know. I need to watch Spotlight again, but I know I liked it. Okay. <laughs> but, I, but I need to watch it again to, to put it in contrast to so the post. I think the thing for me here is that Spotlight is on such sure footing in terms of process and story that it actually doesn't need the histrionics, the, the kind of sweeping, sure. uh, you know, even the cast that, 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 you know, the, that this film has where every act, every bit player is a recognizable actor. You know, Michael Schoolberg is in this for like uh, half a beat. I really like the Mr. Show. Uh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Show. Yeah. Uh, Bob Odenkirk and, uh, David and Cross. David Cross were in this. Um, but, but, but I, you know, I felt the thing is, is that Spotlight was so sound in terms of what it was trying to do and so assured about where its story was that it, it, it just, it landed for me. And I felt like this was a little bit of a case of maybe, you know, again, I like Spielberg a lot. I think he's a, he's the grand, he's a grand master of American film, but this is a case where like Spielberg Spielbergiousness yes. kind of overtook what was to me a little bit of a, a thin stretch of a story. Now it was just that, and and I think the the Pentagon Papers is a really fascinating story. That that film, yeah. The Most Dangerous Man in America, is an amazing tell. And there's also um, Errol Morris's documentary, The Fog of War, mm -hmm. which uh, is a long interview with Robert McNamara. Um, 
Those are amazing, amazing, you know, exposés into what the Pentagon Papers meant. And I just feel like this story is pulling in a few different, mm. in, in a lot of different directions, and it's pulling the kind of weight of that a little thin for me. Like it just, none of it quite landed. Again, so, you, so you think he should have made a decision? Spielberg or Liz Hannah, the writer, or Josh Singer, who was also the writer of, of Spotlight, by the way. But I think John, John I think sometimes, sometimes people John. feel like they make a decision like that. It's at the it's at the sacrifice of the others. The thing that he wanted to do, and I know that you know, look, the, and it's and and the reason why this film lands, and it does land, it actually does work for everything I'm saying. Uh, you know, it does work. These are just the things you you would have sort of rather seen with it working. No, it's it's more that it didn't quite work for me for right. these reasons. Right, and right. If you, and if, but but yeah. but it does land. Like mm. it's, there's no question. Spielberg can, you know, like <laughs> anybody who comes to you and says Spielberg doesn't know how to make a movie, doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? Like like it, it it lands. I just think that that this. The reason he wanted to make this film, the reason he fast-tracked this film, the reason why the film was so urgent is we live in a time where these is- where the issues that this film is kind of bouncing around it are are supremely relevant. You know, mm-hmm. like we have a president that calls every news institution that doesn't agree with him fake news. Yeah. And 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 but but again, this film kind of makes and this is, a, you know, again, that the phrasing so that you would understand it, it makes an MCU. That was a little condescending. That is condescending, okay. but I'm going to use it. Okay. Because, because this film does like an MCU in credit scene or like almost like an MCU in credit scene for me where I was like, <laughs> oh, and I was oh, like, no. and I was like, oh boy, we really, and that was, and that was like, you know, um, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks walking away going, I hope we don't have to deal with this again. And then, and, and, then, and, and then, yeah. And like, and, and then you have Nixon playing Thanos kind of going, kind of going, I don't want any, you know, those people will never, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's like this, it's like this, it's through the window of the white house and he's on the phone, which is obviously referencing the Watergate tapes, and then we see the the start of the break-in, which is which leads us directly into all the president's men. And I was like, oh boy, guys, guys, we're really like it's a prequel to all the president's it's, men. It's, it's a prequel to all the president's men. And I was like, this is it's. I just, liked it. I did too. I I just I I think it's it's a little wafer thin, and I and I think it and I think it's not thin. It's connective mm. tissue, and it's a, and it's a, and it's a and it's a plug at the end. But I think I think if if the point you want to make is that Donald Trump is an embodiment of of government corruption and and of government misuse of power to vilify Richard Nixon in a way that makes it seem ridiculous you know like he's just this like shadowy figure you know yelling on the phone it doesn't it to me it does disservice that, but that's that, but that's your assumption of what his objective was yeah but but you know that's that's what, and because I, because I think that that's where the film is that's why the film exists because I think if you wanted to really make a film about the Pentagon papers you start and end with Daniel Ellsberg and the the fact that the post made a decision to print it doesn't seem to me to be the most important thing about the Pentagon Papers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure, but I think it's one of the. I think it's an interesting story. It's an interesting story. It. It's an interest and and to be fair, it's an interesting story that I didn't know. But sure. is it a is it a powerful film for me? Yeah. Spotlight. The amount of work that went into uncovering what that story was, and it was because of that newspaper. Is the point at which that story? Yeah, was. I, but post wasn't the post wasn't a powerful film. No, me. no, yeah. it was. Yeah, it wasn't powerful. No. Like I don't need to see it again. Right, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, but I think the 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 thing that you just referenced here with Spotlight is uh, you are 100 percent correct in your in your in your um, in your statement of it's so much work to get this thing done, but the movie just kind of 
it doesn't do enough. I what I would consider uh, style of a, style style maybe yeah. or, or or work to keep you engaged in the monotony that is the importance of journalism. Does that make sense? Like it's just I don't know. We, this is the point at which we diverge, we diverge and that's yeah. fine. We shouldn't we shouldn't harp on that. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to talk about, and I'm super curious for both of you. Another uh, aspect this film does that I didn't expect it to do was it basically talks about the how how relationships work in and out of professional settings, right? Because all of the all of the players in this film are kind of weekend friends <laughs> in a weird way. Like all the major, like they they vacation together, and like the uh, both Tom Hanks and uh, Meryl Streep's characters were like buddies with JFK, right, and like right, they right. And they have various parties where like everyone involved in this is there, and they have to sort of <laughs> sort of skirt around it. And and what I found very interesting, and also kind of very telling, again in sort of today's day and age. Is this well? When when do you put friendships aside? Because a lot of what's going on today is a lot of people that are either for various different reasons are just kind of buddies, yeah. like that are just going along with bullshit. Like so, like when do you think this movie did enough? And I'll I'll, I'll, also, I'll ask you uh, to start this off. Do you think this movie did enough to sort of like <laughs> kind of in a very either from a moral standpoint or even from a uh, just sort of a, a timely standpoint, like say like, well, okay, this is when you need to step away from your friend circle. I mean, the only, the only moment that I can remember, wait, is, can I say this? Yes, yeah, we're, we're now we're, 100% we're, we're, spoilers. You know, yes, we're, we're yes. Spoilers. Is that, is the scene in which, um, uh, Catherine approaches McNamara, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, bruh, mm -hmm. what, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to have to do this. Like, like tell me the truth. Like what, what, what were you think? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I don't know if there is, uh, I mean, journalism, they have, they have a code, right? Yes. Um, and if you subscribe to that code, then at the beginning is when you, you say the friendship is off, you know, yeah. and we have to, we have to do right by the public because we are servants of the public. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when you, that's easier said than done. And so yes. I would think it's on an individual basis in which you transition from friendship to uh, moral responsibility, yeah. you know? Cause I mean it, it, but it's, it's all throughout history. Like Mike Wallace on 60 minutes, like he was friends with, with, with a lot of the folks that he interviewed, but yeah. you, you see him sitting across the table from those folks and you wouldn't think he was, Yeah, you know? Um, like he, like, uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, Nancy Reagan. She was pissed at Mike Wallace. They, they used to vacation and kick it all the time, but, yeah. but, but he got in her ass, you yeah. know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think, um, I don't know. I don't know if that, if that kind of journalism exists today, because I'm not certain that those relationships exist in that way today. Right. You, you think know? the, the politicians don't mingle with journalists. Yeah. I mean, now we're in this real combative uh, well, it feels, yeah. you know, like Jim Acosta that. is not friends with anyone at the White yeah, House. You know? Absolutely. You know, they're, they're not big. They're not going to the ranch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it's the contrast then. Maybe that's exactly what it is. I gravitated towards that small bit of this movie a lot. And because I guess I didn't. Maybe it's because in this day and age, it is seemingly the opposite. Right. That then I was like sh a little bit shocked and kind of drawn into that aspect. I don't know. I, but, I just, yeah. But I also think it's layered too, because if we go back to the idea of the press transitioning from the obedient to mm -hmm. the adversarial, they were in the mix of that. You right. You know what I'm saying? So the one leg was ah. in the obedient press and the mm -hmm. other one was in the adversarial one. Yeah. And now 
we're not even adversarial so much as we are sensational. You know what yeah. I'm yeah. saying? And we subscribe to this idea that our that the audience has short attention spans, and so we're looking for sound bites and whatnot. So headlines, have, yeah, headlines and, and clickbait. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So and so the the. The, the, it doesn't even seem fab, fathomable that there could be yeah. those kind of personal relationships yeah. with 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 our politicians. And yeah. the other side is those relationships can be dangerous. You know, like Absolutely. like like a cozy relationship with the priest that is uh, a one hand washes the other kind of thing. You know, leads us into it leads us into the Vietnam War and it yeah. leads us into into the invasion of Iraq. What are you saying about Fox and Friends? What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, Fox, yeah, Fox and Friends. Oh my God! <laughs> exactly. Actually, that is exactly. The, yeah. And you know, you hear stories of yeah. like um, uh, uh, Morning Joe, the Joe Scarborough, and <laughs> yeah. then, you know, like going to Trump's house or Mar-a-Lago or something like that in the weekends. Um, you know, and, and, and that kind of on the one, see the, the problem that, you know, modern press has, and I think the problem that this film kind of, I think in a way inadvertently highlights is the cost of access and, you know, like yes. the cost of access is friendship and one, and, and the cost of friendship is subservience, you know, like, it's like, I have to, mm -hmm. I can't necessarily, I, I want to remain friends with you because that gives me access to stories, but I can't like say too many bad things about you because that cuts off my access, which cuts off my story. Right. So there's this, like, I think, I think every journalist has this tension. Because you know, like the 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 great st there's two stories that uh, that happen in this film. One is uh, Bob Bagdikian, uh, played by uh, Bob Odenkirk. Um, just just on the top of his head goes, you know what? I know who this guy. I know where the Pentagon Papers came from because I, you know, it sounds like this guy. And the only reason Daniel Oldsburgs gives him the papers is because he knows who he is. You right. know, there's a relationship there. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it is, is again Robert McNamara is at. You know, K. Graham's house, uh, you know, kicking having a yeah. yeah, kicking it, chilling, um, and 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 I think Ben Bradley again. Ben Bradley is a figure that I'm I'm really interested in. If uh, and he was played um, by Jason Robides in All the President's Men, mm -hmm. won an Oscar for it. Um, so so this is like Tom Hanks having to like jump into the shoes of Jason Robards, uh, you know, playing the same actor that yeah. had previously won an Oscar. It's it's like Jared Leto playing the Joker after Heath Ledger in a way. You know what I mean? Sure. You know, it's it's like that kind of thing, and. Um, and and there's this there's a there's a speech that um, that Ben Bradley gives about like uh, after Kennedy's assassination it was you know Kennedy was a friend of his Kennedy mm -hmm. uh, you know and and you get into this tricky thing it was like in the adversarial press works because perhaps they just didn't like Nixon you know what I mean mm -hmm. like. Like the press loved Kennedy mm -hmm. in in America, the press loved Obama. So you get into a difficult situation where like people are, you know, there are there are a thousand stories about President Obama that should be written that may not have been written because the dude was a likable guy, mm -hmm. you know, like. But 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 for for CNN to write like a damning story about Donald Trump isn't a big stretch because they don't have access and they don't like the guy very much. It's anymore. a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and I'm not, and there's no way, no way am I equating Barack Obama to Donald Trump by in any way, shape or form. But, but, but Ben Bradley talks about the fact that, you know, like he was with, um, uh, Jackie O when, uh, when Kennedy yeah. was killed and he knew at that, and Jackie O comes in and says, you can't report a word of what is said on this plane in the papers. And, and he says, that's when I knew the friendships were over, and we were now in a period of pure yeah, reporting. That was the other it, moment. Yeah, uh, but the, the moment you mentioned also uh, was one I wanted. We to Yeah, the Robin McMurray, and, yeah, then, and yeah. then also this one about about. But it, you know, it just it gets into that sort of odd tension that that maybe it's because we're from the outside looking in that makes you know, and and there is so many there's so many 
points in American history where you can say the press has ultimately failed the American people in reporting, you know, true. The, the last major one is weapons of mass destruction and, mm-hmm. and you know, and lead yep. up to the, the second Gulf inva- uh, Iraq invasion. You know, that's a major. <laughs> the last one we have confirmation yeah. on. But it's a major failure of the press. That, that, that is a shameful moment for the American press, you know, who basically didn't fact check and didn't, didn't do the work of the, for the American people. Sure. I mean, and I think it, it's, it's easy to to throw the stones yeah. from where I'm for, sitting. Exactly. Right? From the yeah. outside. You know, because it's... it's because it's, access is important. Access is important. But the other thing is, is you, like, your livelihood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if you, if you really, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty simple. Like it's survival. Like yeah. if I, if I have a wife and three children at home, yeah, the three children are in private school and I have this certain lifestyle mm-hmm. that I'm for certain will be threatened if not destroyed. If I perform a certain action at my job. Yeah. Right. And if I do not perform it, no one is any the wiser. And, you know, there may be some long-term uh, repercussions to pay on a societal level. Sure. But it's not going to directly affect me and my livelihood. Yeah. Which is, which is what I am directly responsible for. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's tough, bro. Yeah. And, and we are in a, a commercial environment, which doesn't, yeah. doesn't allow us the broader, it doesn't allow space for the broader ethical questions about whether we should print stories uh-huh. versus when we should print stories. We are in a 24 hour news cycle where, you know, and the, and the, and the backbone of this film, one of the, you know, one of the things we didn't mention is the backbone of this film is that the post is about to be sold to become a public entity. Yeah. And yeah. that, and so now they're concerned about that. Yeah. And I think, I think that is an interesting background to the story. Well, even the writer, Josh Singer, yeah. Singer he, cause he did, he did both or he worked on both of yeah. these at, 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 from a time to time, both, uh, sorry, Spotlight, Spotlight and, and, this. Uh, and yeah, this. He was the writer. He Spotlight. did a great quote. I want to see if I can find it. I wrote it down here. He said, Spotlight was a journalism school movie, how to report and like how to report a story. But he said, uh, basically that the post was much more of a business school movie, how to run a business. Right. As far as if you're looking at the structure of what they like the, the, that skeleton of what's happening yeah. going on. Uh, so I, I found that very interesting. You know, a movie that, uh, that, that does this story really well and, and, a, and a bunch of things, uh, is the insider Michael Mann's film. Have you guys seen that? No. The insider with uh, Russell Crowe. It's about the, the tobacco industries ongoing. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, just keep naming movies. And I'm gonna say, <laughs> no, I didn't see that. And then you describe them. Yeah, I saw that. I, that these are movies. So again, I am. I am. Uh, that was I, a good movie. I love films about process and about yeah. journalistic process. Yeah. And that's a film about journalistic process against the backbone of of uh, the mm-hmm. commercialization of the news. Mm-hmm. And it does a you know it, it does a really good job of applying that pressure at the right points. And again. This is a very, 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 very good film. Transitioned into your final thoughts because yeah, we're running is, out of time. This is an excellent film that 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 clearly works because you have a master filmmaker behind it. You have an inspirational story of a young screenwriter, a young female screenwriter, lionizing a woman who has meant a lot to the process of journalism. You know, yes. she entered a world that 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 was traditionally for men, and you know, and, and that's it's an amazing story. I I just think the. The circling of the wagons around this decision at the post and the Pentagon papers mm-hmm. makes this it, it feels like the 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 
the the crosshairs were kind of fired sl- not they were fired they hit their target but the direction was like slightly to the right of where i think this film should have been gotcha and and that's and that and that made the film that made the the experience for me a little thin and not that powerful but again it works. It's timely. It tells a story that matters right now. It's about things that are relevant to our lives. But it's to me, it's just it's a little. It's a little. It's shooting at the wrong. It's slightly shooting at the wrong target. Okay, uh, I'll just go. Then Alzo, you can take us home uh, with your with your final thoughts. Uh, basically, I agree with most everything you said. I think it's a it's a it's a good film. It's 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 an enjoyable film. Again, except I, the spotlight sucks. Except yeah. the spotlight. <laughs> is, that's really what I'm saying. No. Uh, <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth, uh, but um, the the spots that you actually kind of thought it it missed its mark on, I think it was just it show it shows a different target in my mind, and mm-hmm. I liked it. Again, I feel like all the different mo- moving parts helped keep uh, me engaged, and uh, overall, I've made the story feel greater to me. I think the acting also. Um, uh, is is off the charts I think in this from our two lead well Tom Hanks played Tom Hanks and like doing like a reporter like yeah. it was a very you know it is what it is Meryl Streep He's playing I, a real figure you know these know. Are people all playing real figures I know Meryl Streep every time I see her I'm always shocked just how much like I'm like why like how how am I still being shocked at how she's good a, she's, she's doing a beast. yeah no. um and again Spielberg like you said she here knows where to where to place the damn camera so I I and did he knows how to tell a story yeah. it, it's not just the camera he knows you know I really enjoyed this I don't think this will uh take uh its respective best picture nominee all the way to the bank uh and I don't think it should but no. I think uh overall I enjoyed it despite the fact Alzo I got to agree with you uh, I'm probably not going to watch it again in the near future. Yeah. But yeah, what about you? If you were to finish us off with this movie, Alzo. Yeah, man, I, I, I think it was a, a good movie overall. Uh, I'm glad I went to go see it. I think uh, I agree with uh, the general sentiment that it missed the mark in a couple of places. Like, I think the film was was good enough to, to make you want to go Google the Pentagon Papers. Mm-hmm. But if you had no idea of the gravity of the Pentagon Papers before coming into the film, you probably wouldn't have any more knowledge of the gravity leaving the film because, um, you know, to, to the points being made here that they didn't they didn't take a deep dive into that. And not not even that you had to take a deep dive. Like, yeah. we're not asking you to go to the to the 10 feet end of the pool. Yeah. Just, you know, just <laughs> go to where the ramp is that goes. Down <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I think it would have been a bit more powerful in in that respect. But, you know, to all those folks out there in Internet land, if you <laughs> hadn't gone to see it, you know, go check it out or <laughs> wait till it comes on USA. Because <laughs> that's where it's going to go. It's not yeah, Little well, Land on you're Netflix. Right. You're right. It is like a USA network. A TVN. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be. It's going to rerun it's for like run yeah, forever. forever. Yeah. yeah. That is that is very very true. That is scary true. Especially around the time of the White House car- White House correspondence. Oh, this is yeah. going to play it's gonna, every day. Uh, yeah, it's going to play right <laughs> along with uh, Air Force One. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get off my plane. Oh, the guys. American president. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All of those movies, it'll oh play right. God. It'll it it fits right in. I'll watch it then. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we it. go. But, but then it's, that's that, those are the times where they take a break from commercials to yeah. play the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Commercials to sell you things that yes. you shouldn't buy. That you shouldn't exactly. buy based on the thing. Oh, gentlemen. Well, this this has been a great discussion and the only podcast about the film The Post. Also. 
Thank you so much for coming, man. Hey, man. It's been great having hey, you. Man, it was it was a blast. I got to come back and and do my homework before. Please, we would love to have we, you back you anytime. Know, the thing is, we always we always offer this to our guests as well. Like, come back like with a movie that you want us to talk about. That like you, it can be new, it can be old. Like something oh, you're yeah. Oh, like yeah. Malcolm X is a movie I've seen like thirty times, Bro, and and I can like, write the script to that. Yeah, it, yeah, it changed my life. So that would be an interesting movie to like talk about. Yeah, think about it and think we about can, it. Come we, back. Come oh, back. I got a list of movies. There we oh. go. We want it. We want to hear them. But where can people find you? Yes. If they want to know what this list is, how can people find you on the Before internet? Before we know. And, and maybe check out your other stuff, you know, yeah, the yeah. philosophy, you know, whatever, the philosophy, the photography, whatever. Uh, I don't care about that. But this list. Uh, <laughs> man, you can find me at Chipotle downtown Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put that in there. They ain't paying enough for that. Um, this episode was I'm, brought to you by. Right. I'm social media, Alzo Slade. It's A-L-Z-O-S-L-A-D-E. That's, that's pretty simple. Yes, yeah. nice. across all of them. Across all of them. Nice. There you go. That's easy to remember. Yeah. Shahir, when when uh, you're not uh, really lamenting the fact that chair has three legs, where can folks find you? You can find me on my two-legged stool, which falls over all the time, at my website, www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D, which you can find my life works, Twitter, Facebook. No, actually, not Facebook. Oh. Oh, not oh. Facebook. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. taking a break. I'm taking a break from Facebook. Because you're working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Matt, when you are not on Facebook yeah. all the damn time, sure. uh, posting stuff about um, uh, various uh, film furniture, where can people <laughs> find you? Listen, Thanos chair floats. It swivels. It's great. You can find me at uh, Emperor MSK on Twitter, uh, Skeletor with number four, P-R-E-Z-R, Instagram, or Matthew Kroll, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also still doing the Twitch streaming with extra credits. You can check them out at Twitch backslash extra credits. And once you're done checking out all that other stuff that we all just mentioned, of course, come back. Uh, let us know what you thought about the post or any of the films we've reviewed at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or uh, at onlymoviepod on Twitter. Or you can go. I do still check the Facebook page for Only Movie Podcast. Uh, you're not going to get any love from me on the Facebook that's page. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> actually, uh, we have some stuff I do. We had some good stuff on the Facebook page, um, actually, about a couple films that we just did. I do want to get to it. We'll get to it next time. And uh, with that, I guess... We will see you all next week. Also, you're coming back. Yeah. I want this list. I'm coming back with a trill list. Yes. Big list. Do your listeners know what trill means? I don't know. What does trill mean? Trill (laughs) trill is uh, is like, I could say awesome, I guess. Sure. (laughs) Or or like too real together. Uh, okay. You know what trill. I'm saying? Trill. trill. All right. I learned like something today. My list today. is too real. <laughs> I learned something today. I my look, list is trill. <laughs> I look forward to the trill papers crossing my desk. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll decide whether we're going to publish it. Oh, <laughs> no. That's not cool. Yeah. Everything we just said was not trill. No. That was not trill. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you next week, or you'll hear us at least. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Later. Peace. Bye.